Welcome to the Runner's Roundtable podcast. Season three is all about the how-tos of running, and in this episode, I, Stephanie Diaz, am the host and the guest. In this solo episode, I'm talking about how to run, but I'm doing it in true Stephanie fashion by asking a lot of questions and talking about the importance of the mental side of running. Enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of Season 3 of Runner's Roundtable. This season is all about the how-tos of running, and we're starting with the basic stuff, how to run. This is a solo episode with me, and as you'll come to see throughout the season with any of these solo episodes that I do, is that I always ask a lot more questions then I answer them because we are each unique as individuals and each unique in whatever it is we're doing along this running path. So I don't want to say that these are generalizations. I don't want to give you generalizations when I don't know you. You have a unique life with unique stressors, your work situation, your family life situation, All of that is totally unique to you. So my goal with these episodes is always to ask the questions that will hopefully help you figure out how to be your best runner self. When you're your best runner self, and those of you who have been running for a while, you know it, right? Like who you are on the run starts to trickle into who you are off the run. Just like who you are off the run comes to play with who you are on the run. So with this episode in particular, we're starting at how to run. Now, I know when you hear that question, or at least even for myself, when I hear that question, my mind immediately goes to the physical aspect of running, the physical aspect of putting one foot in front of the other and getting out the door and just running, right? We hear that often that how to run begins with putting your shoes on. Usually that is the hardest part. You know, people will say the hardest part is putting your shoes on. I would argue that the hardest part is convincing yourself to put your shoes on. The hardest part of running, in my opinion, is the mental aspect of running. So I want to go over those two parts of running. You've got the mental aspect of running and then the physical aspect of running. So when we're asking ourselves how to start running, how to get back into running, how to run in general, right? When we're looking at it, we're thinking, how am I supposed to do this thing? Let's pull it back and take a look at those two qualities of running. What happens between your ears, your temples, and then what happens throughout the body as you run. So Coming back to the mental side, we're going to start there because I think that really does play a big role in trying running and then accepting that we are runners ourselves. I've shared before on previous episodes where I started running in 2012 and I didn't really consider myself a runner until maybe 2014, maybe even later than that. And it was after I had done 
several half marathons, several marathons, there was something in my brain that just wasn't letting me, or I wasn't letting myself take on that runner identity. I felt really awkward calling myself a runner because I was someone who was not athletic growing up. I didn't really like sweating. I still don't like sweating. I'll be clear with that. I still don't like sweating, but it was really hard for me to claim myself as a runner. I was physically doing it, physically doing the training, showing up to the races, doing the workouts, right? Physically doing all the things that someone from the outside looking in would say, oh, that's a runner. But I myself did not feel like a runner. I felt like, oh, this is a hobby. I'm doing it, but not really calling myself a runner because I thought runners looked a certain way or runners ran a certain pace. Totally messed up. I'll be honest with you. Totally messed up. Runners look like everybody. Runners look like me. Runners look like you. Runners look like the entire rainbow, an entire spectrum of human existence. That is what a runner is. But it still didn't take away from the fact that I had trouble seeing that for myself. What helped me accept that runner identity and be like, no, wait, I am a runner was the day that I realized I was putting in a lot of work. I had to kind of stop my thought process, my in the moment process to look at, okay, wait, but what am I doing? How much time am I spending on running? How much thinking am I doing about running? What aspects of my life have changed to support my running? And it was in that moment when I took that moment, you know, when I took that time to pause and look at running's impact on my life that I realized, oh, wait, I am a runner. Like this is not just me physically going out the door and doing the run. It involves so much more running for me has become a lifestyle. And because it's a lifestyle, it was easier for me to accept that. But I'm getting ahead of myself because that's my story. And that is something that took years to develop, years to accept. And there are days where I'm still working on it, particularly when there are these moments of not running or being in recovery, or if you're injured or any of that, you kind of question whether you are a quote unquote runner. Before we get to where I am though, we start at with, we start actually with the question of why do you want to run, right? Like that's where it starts. Why do you want to do this thing called running? And behind that, there has to be an understanding that you want to do it, right? Like you have to want to run in order to get past that first mental hurdle of why running, right? You have to want to run and then understand why are you choosing to do that thing. So I'll give myself as an example because, hey, it's a solo episode. It's just me talking. But for me, I started running because I wanted to be a good role model for my daughters. When I started running, they were two and a half and two and a half years old and six months old. I have daughters and I wanted them to see that being active was part of a lifestyle. It wasn't something you did because you needed to fit in a dress or you needed to lose pounds. I wanted them to know that being active was a lifestyle. Being active is just something that we did. And for me, running was that thing because it was the easiest thing I could do with two kids at home. I could pop them in a stroller and head out at any time of day 
I would put snacks there, blankets, their stuffed animals. If it was close to a nap time or they had just woken up, it was just so easy to put them in a stroller. For me, it was easy to put them in a stroller because I live in Miami. And for the most part, the weather is amenable to being outside year round. So my why initially started off as wanting to be a good role model for my daughters. I got into the rhythm of running, found a run club, and all of a sudden that wanting to do it for them transformed into wanting to do it for myself because I felt really powerful when I ran, because I was so impressed and in awe by what my body could do. As I shared, I wasn't athletic growing up. I did not run growing up. I am that person who did everything possible to get out of PE when she was in high school. I did not like running the mile. I didn't like doing the presidential fitness exam, like none of that stuff. So when I started running, I was just in awe. It started off as something that I could easily do with my children and hope that them seeing me, it would just trickle down to them. And it transformed itself into something that brought me joy because I just couldn't believe it was me doing it. I could not believe I was the ride. Yeah, I was the one that was running half marathons. I couldn't believe that I was running marathons. I couldn't believe that I was doing the training. Like I just could not believe it was me. So we begin the process of becoming a runner and accepting that we are runners by understanding why we want to do it and having the desire to do it. Here, hopefully, as you discover yourself as a runner, you understand that you are a runner regardless of the pace and the distance that you do. There are some people who never do races. There are some people who they do, you know, three days a week, 30 minutes, and that's what's good for them. Ultimately, what being a runner is, is defined by you and your experience with it and your desire to get whatever it is you want to get out of it. Again, you're a runner regardless of your pace. You're a runner regardless of your distance. You don't need to do races to be a runner, although races are a great way to connect with community. Races are a great way if you like to be in that environment and you've got a competitive streak. Races are a great way to understand how you respond to being in a more pressured environment. Still fun, you're surrounded by people, but you are racing against yourself and trying to get the most out of yourself. Part of the mental development of yourself as a runner, and again, like coming to this point of accepting that being a runner means getting your mind in place, is understanding, figuring out, exploring what it is you need in terms of support. Who needs to support you? What do you need to, you know, what do you need for support? Do you need gear for support? Do you need your family to support you? Is it friends? Do you need someone who's going to hold you accountable like a run coach, other runner friends who can hold you accountable by showing up to runs together and doing the runs with one another? There is a whole, just whole mental aspect to being a runner that I feel like we don't talk about often, right? We see the workouts or you see, you know, a couch to 5k, it'll tell you, on um, this week, you're doing this and you're running this day and you're doing that day. 
but it doesn't really talk about the mental development that you have to go through in order to create the motivation and the discipline, the motivation to do it every day, to give yourself that time to do the hard work of running and the discipline to show up over and over again, even when motivation is waning, there's discipline. Even when discipline is waning, there's a motivation, right? Like there's there's this whole dance that you do with yourself to get yourself mentally in the game to run. So the mental aspect of it is big. It is, and I always ask these questions. I know I think about running a little more deeply than maybe some people will think about it in terms of saying, oh, to run or how to be a runner is you just run. And it's like, Yes, that is part of it, but also a big part of it is convincing yourself to do it. Life is stressful. Life is tiring. And when we have a ton of responsibility, sometimes doing something like running, even if you want to do it or you're curious about it, can feel like a chore. So those are things to keep in mind that it's there. The mental aspect of running is there and it is something that requires a little awareness, a little intention and attention. So physical aspect is the next thing to consider. Again, when we think about how to run, we often think about just put your shoes on, head out the door, start to move your body. Seems simple enough, right? Like it's like, oh yeah, that's totally obvious, totally get it. And yet it's actually not that simple, right? Like for those of you who run or who started running, I can still remember when I started running, it felt really hard. And I'm here to tell you that it is always going to be hard. Running is a hard sport. It's hard. What changes is how you perceive the hardness, right? So I have this, I have this belief that running is always hard, but what changes is your perception of the effort that you're putting into it, right? So again, when we're talking about like your brain and the power of your brain and how it really, really impacts the physical aspect of it, you'll hear. One of my favorite sayings too is don't trust the first mile. Never trust the first mile, right? So you go out for your run. Physically, you're going out. Mentally, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. You've hyped yourself up. You're ready to go. And then you start running and all of a sudden your mind starts to scream at you. Literally scream at you to tell you that your knees hurt, your thighs hurt, your back hurts, you can't breathe. Why am I doing this? This is awful. Why? Like that first mile... For some people, it might be a little bit longer. For some people, it might be less. But that first mile is going to be your brain trying to understand why you're working hard, right? Your brain wants you to be comfortable. It wants things to be easy. And your brain is going to start to tell you all the things it thinks you need to hear in order for you to stop. So your mind plays a really big role in the running. But the more you run, the more you push past that, eventually you find the rhythm and your brain might still have something to say. It's always going to have something to say, 
but eventually it's going to kind of quiet down for you to be in that physical experience of like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. I find that that's what happens to me. That first mile is, is kind of like the car, you know, in the new cars, when you start them and it does a whole system check. I feel like that first mile is my brain doing a system check and trying to see if it can check on anything that might get me to stop. And once my brain realizes, okay, she's not going to stop then there's a rhythm and there's a little bit more of flow in terms of how my body is feeling. So all of a sudden that thought of my knees are hurting, it just goes away or it quiets down enough for me to kind of keep going where it's not a distraction. So keep that in mind, that interaction between your brain and your body is there and your brain is going to want you to be easy, to be restful, to be relaxed. It's not going to want you to work hard. It's not going to want you to do anything that's going to require you to breathe hard and use your muscles harder than your brain wants it to. So running is always hard, but what changes is your perception of the effort. What changes is your tolerance for the suffering of running. Each run, you get stronger. And it's not only physically stronger that you get, but again, it's also you get mentally stronger. Each run is confirmation to your mind that you can keep on doing it. Each run is confirmation that your body is capable of handling the distance, handling the time, handling the pace. Doesn't necessarily get easier, but you do get stronger. It doesn't necessarily feel easier, but you do get stronger. Your capacity to deal with the discomfort of running increases. It's amazing. It truly, truly is amazing to see how you can go from maybe running a minute and having it suck and you thinking, I'm never going to do this again to consistently showing up for yourself, consistently running that minute. And then all of a sudden that minute becomes two minutes. That minute becomes three minutes. That minute becomes a mile or two miles or three miles, or those three miles turn into a marathon, whatever it is that you do with running. But it does happen because your capacity to endure, your ability to sit with the discomfort gets better. I want to pull back for a second here because for anyone who's listening and they've never ran before, have never done anything with running before and are simply curious about running, right? Going back to that mental of the curiosity of wanting to run, how do you actually start running? My recommendation is always to start with a run-walk method. Jeff Galloway is the big name with this. He's the one that really brought this method together. And it's how I started running. So I didn't really, I just knew I wanted to run. I had my motivation. I wanted my daughters to see that running was, was part of an active lifestyle that it would serve. It's hopefully as a protective measure for them. And I looked up a couch to 5k program, but this couch to 5k program had intervals. So intervals are set time of work with a set time of rest or recovery. And I thought, oh, I can do that. Let me give that a try because 
at the very least, not at the very least, but at the time, I will tell you that my brain could not fathom me moving my body for three miles. Just could not wrap my head around it. I did not understand how I was going to do that. But looking at this training plan, my brain could understand, oh, you're going to run for 30 seconds and then walk for 30 seconds. And you're just going to do that over and over and over again. In this case, I think it was the Couch to 5K program that I did. It was time-based. So you would do that for 20 minutes one week. And then the next week, it was 25 minutes. And then the next week was 30 minutes. And once I got deeper into this run-walk method, it was Jeff Galloway. He has a magic mile that you run. And that mile gives you the exact interval for you. So I went from that 30 seconds, 30 seconds to 90 seconds running and 30 seconds walking. And that is what I did for a very, very long time up until a 2016 marathon where it was different. I ran from water station to water station. So it was still interval based, but it was longer and it just, the run walk method really helped me out because my brain could understand movement for a short period of time. And it just could not wrap itself around running a half marathon, running a marathon. I couldn't get there. I hadn't had enough experience with running to know that I could trust myself to do that. So again, it's just so intertwined, the mental aspect of running and the physical aspect of running. And so that's where I always tell people to start, start off with a run walk method to get into a rhythm of movement. And when it's a run walk method, the goal is to bring the running part and the walking parts as close together. So you're not running at full speed and then walking leisurely. No, you're running at a comfortable speed and then doing a speed walk so that when you're transitioning from run to walk, walk to run, it's not like cold water being thrown on you. It is a smooth transition. The benefit of doing a run walk method is that those walk periods, they are recovery periods. It is a time for your heart rate to come down, time for your body to recover so that you can run again. And it's actually really helpful when it comes to injury prevention, because you're not pushing your body harder than you need to, or you're not pushing your body in a way that does not benefit you. So if you've never ran before, that is always my recommendation to start. Start with a run-walk method. If you're not feeling the run-walk method, then you go and you give yourself signposts, right? You pick something in your neighborhood to run to. Oh, I'm going to run to that mailbox. And then I'm going to walk until the next mailbox. I'm going to run to the light. You can have a lot of fun. That is part of the things that's really going to hook you with running in the beginning is trying to find as much fun in the process as possible. So for some people that run walk, it does make it fun because you know, you have your break. You know that there's, there's only a little bit of effort that you need to put into before you get your walk break. For others, it's finding those items out in the wild that will motivate them. Like, okay, let me just run until this spot and then I can walk. Let me run until this spot. And those time periods really does help break up any kind of activity that you're doing outside. 
Another thing to consider when you are trying to physically get into the act of running is to recruit some friends to go with you. Get your friends, get fellow parents, get your children, have someone do it with you. I can 100% promise you, and anyone who listens to this and who has ran with other people will tell you the exact same thing. Running feels more enjoyable. It may not always feel easier, but it feels more enjoyable when you share the time and the miles with others. So recruit people to go with you. You never know who is looking for company, who is looking for a running partner, walking partner, training partner. Put yourself out there. It is so important to put yourself out there when you are starting running, when you are getting back into running, or when you're in like a weird space with running and you're trying to figure out what kind of relationship you want to have with it, put yourself out there. Go to run clubs, reach out to running stores, find out when people are running, go to a race, participate in a race, spectate at a race. If you really want to be inspired to run, I highly recommend being a spectator at a race. And the bigger the distance, the better because you get to see all the different body types, all the different people, all the ages. You get to see it all from start to finish. People who have come together on one day to chase after the same goal, which is to start a race and to finish it. Also important when it comes to the physical aspect of running is getting gear that really fits you, gear that feels comfortable. And when I'm talking about gear, I mean your shoes, your clothes, watch, safety, anything that's going to help you feel comfortable and safe while running is worth the investment and it is worth looking into. The more comfortable you are on a run, the easier it is going to be to keep on running, right? So if you have a pair of shoes and they feel fantastic, you're going to keep on running, right? But if you have a pair of shoes and they hurt when you wear them or your feet hurt afterwards, you're not going to run. You're not going to want to run because it's just not comfortable. Again, running is hard. Running is hard and it is our job as we are discovering ourselves as runners is to figure out what do we need to make it feel a little bit easier. It's always gonna be hard, but what kind of shoes, what kind of clothes can you wear to help the effort feel better? So running with friends, talked about that, that helps so much. Finding company on the run, giving yourself, oh, this is the big one, giving yourself a lot of grace, a lot of grace, to figure it out. Everyone who runs started somewhere. Everyone who runs was new at some point. I like to remind people, and I'll remind you all too, it's actually really great to be new at something. It is a good life if we can still find things to be new at. If we can still have that beginner mindset of, I don't know what I'm doing, but I can figure it out, right? I don't know what I'm doing. This is new. This is hard. Do not be discouraged by how new it feels or how hard it feels. We've all been there. 
And one of the things that I feel we don't talk about enough within running is how cyclical or seasonal running can be. You can have periods of time and I'll say for myself, right? I had a period of time of building up to a marathon. I ran the race and now I'm in a period of time of running easy, not having, yes, I have my, my structure of runs, but not having that same rigidity or that same purpose behind the runs. Running is totally seasonal. Running is cyclical as well. And running is full of highs where you're doing well, lows where nothing feels like it's clicking, and then plateaus where I feel like you're just in the motion. You're just doing it. So give yourself the grace to figure it out. Be forgiving with yourself when you don't quote unquote perform to your expectation because your body is different every single day. Your body is different based on how much you've slept, how much you've eaten, how rested you are. Your body responds to the stress in your life. So, so much impacts you physically as a runner and mentally as a runner too, right? If you are exhausted and you have spent a day making a billion decisions, that run may not feel too great. On the flip side, that run may feel incredible because it's an opportunity for you to kind of work through the frustration. Or in my case, it's an opportunity to feel like I am in control of some aspect of my life. So give yourself grace to be as you are today, to be as you are in that particular run. So often we set expectations for ourselves over how fast we should be moving or the distances we should be going. And anytime we do that, and I'm not, I don't want to say don't set expectations for yourself. Don't have those goals. Don't have those drives. I don't want to say that, but at the same time, I want to just highlight that the minute we get caught up in that expectation, we don't meet ourselves where we are, and then we get disappointed by the reality of the situation. So it's such a fine balance. Again, I feel like I'm saying all this stuff when it comes to talking about the physical aspect of running, but it's actually the mental aspect of running because it is so intertwined. It is interwoven. It is, you can't physically run without addressing what's happening mentally. And then you can't mentally get through the process of running without addressing how it physically feels and how that physical experience of running impacts your mind and the thoughts that you have. But really, you start off by having the desire to run figuring out what support system or what support do I need in order to do this? And then you do it. You physically go and you do it. You give yourself the opportunity to be a new runner or to be someone who's coming back to running. You start with a run-walk method. You start with asking your friends to go with you. You start by going to a running store or a running club. You start by getting the shoes, getting the gear that feels good and you start and restart all over again. Honestly, there is no no finish to this how to run because those are conversations you have to have with yourself daily. Okay, do I want to do this today? 
Yes. Do I want to do this today? No, but am I going to do it? Yes. All right. I know it's going to be hard. And there is so much power in that, in saying, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm still going to do it. I know this is going to suck, but I'm still going to do it. So much power in that thought, in the acknowledgement that it is hard, that it is going to require a lot of effort from you, and that it may suck. So much power in that because you're not kidding yourself. You're setting yourself up for a reality of, yeah, running is hard. And maybe today the effort will feel easy. Maybe today it'll all come together and you'll feel like you're flying out there. Maybe it won't. And then you'll try again. That to me is the beauty of running is that it is affected by everything and each run can feel totally different. I've had runs that lift me up completely and I've had runs that have broken my heart completely and yet I still keep coming back to it because I run for me and I've gotten very, very clear on why I run and I've come to embrace fully the fact that I am a runner, that I am doing this hard thing, that I am choosing to do it because being a runner is something that makes me happy. Being a runner is something that challenges me. And being a runner is something that has allowed me to confront my biggest inner critic and to meet my biggest inner cheerleader. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's doing the running and no one can take that away from me. I am the one that has battled my mind and have come out on top. And even in those moments where I have not come out on top, I've been able to kind of step back and be like, well, there was a lesson to learn there. And that lesson is what I'm gonna take into the next run. Or there was something that I needed to learn about myself, some lesson that's going to help me continue moving forward. Running is a sport of endurance, not just endurance in terms of long distance, but endurance in in terms of it being something that's going to challenge you mentally and physically. And each run that you have is an opportunity to learn how to continue to manage difficult thoughts and manage the feelings that say, this is hard. Why am I doing this? So a lot to think about here. Hopefully it landed and it resonated. Again, I wanted to just bring across that there are two things when it comes to running that you have to consider. You have to consider your mind and how it is relating to running and then your body. How is your body responding to running? Season one, episode one of this podcast, it's called Who's a Runner? And in that podcast, we had such a great discussion about what it means to be a runner and how do we get to this point where we do define ourselves as runners. I'll end this episode with an encouragement to listen to that and a reminder that if you run, you are a runner. If you think about running and you wanna be a runner, you are a runner. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Running is a relationship between you, your body, and your mind. Running is something you do for yourself. Celebrate the fact that you are choosing 
to do this sport that is hard, but it's also so incredibly rewarding. Until next time, see you soon. Bye. Running is so much more than the physical aspect of running. The mind and body work together in beautiful and sometimes frustrating ways. If you want to run, you'll run. If you believe you can run, you'll run. There are so many ways to be a runner, and I hope this episode highlighted just that. You can be a runner, and you can feel like a runner, and both of those have to do with how your mind and body work together so that you can actually run. What are your thoughts on how to run? Please share them by reaching out to me on Instagram at The Cookie Runner or through my website at thecookierunner.net. You can also support this podcast with a rating, review, or a share. Until next time, run happy, run strong, and run true to you.